Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We're in a series called Overcomers. <clears throat> How many of you support a football team? Put your hand up nice and high. Right? How, maybe you don't like football, maybe you support a basketball team or a rugby team or a cricket team. Whatever it may be, if you're an American, it will be American football or baseball. How many of you have ever been to a major game before? Put your hand up nice and high. I just want to see. You've, you've been to a big game. Man, I'm going to pray for some of you. You haven't experienced. You've got to put it on your bucket list, please. Make it one of the things to do. If, even if you, you know, you've got to get there to do it. What is the thing, right? Hopefully you will get this. What is the thing that separates a live game with tens of thousands of people in the same place and watching it on telly at home? Atmosphere. The atmosphere is everything. I, um, I support Liverpool. <clears throat> and... Uh, I've only been able to watch them twice in my life live and lo and behold they lost both times so that really sucks but I know what the atmosphere is like when you go to a live game and uh, although I wasn't at the game I'm about to talk about many of you will know that Liverpool are the only team left in the Champions League from England thank you very much all the haters <clears throat> so you, we're representing you all uh, but my point really is that last week or the week before um, we were playing Man City in the first leg of the quarterfinals now if you do follow football Manchester City are cruising ahead of all the other teams uh, they're gonna win for sure have they won no did they draw well, they need three more points anyway they're gonna win the league and we were playing them, Liverpool were playing Manchester City in the first leg of uh, the Champions League quarterfinals and it was at home at Liverpool at uh, Anfield and from all accounts, obviously I wasn't there but I saw the news and I've been following on Instagram the Liverpool fans turned up in a big way and the atmosphere, I was looking at some of the comments that some of the players actually uh, made following the game. They said they have never been in an atmosphere like that before. And, you know, on any given day, it's, you know, any team can win. But on that day, Liverpool scored three goals within the space of maybe half an hour in the first half. And we went on to win, which was great. But what I wanted to point out is the power that the people in the stands have by way of creating an atmosphere where the players on the field feel electric where there's just such a buzz going on there's a belief inside of the people that are playing on the field that they just play out of their skins and they perform at a level that they might not normally because of the atmosphere. If you were an average football fan and you pitched up to an atmosphere like that, you would not help being caught up in the atmosphere too. Singing the songs, shouting out uh, encouragement, whatever it may be, it's infectious, that kind of atmosphere, amen. 
You know, when you get there, you just are loving it. It's not the same. You know, when you're at home and you watch on TV, you get all the replays, you get all the angles, but you miss something. And it's this, this idea that there's unbridled joy in the stands in one of those matches. The guys who are playing are playing their hearts out. The fans are electric, you know. It's like when the goal is scored, there's chaos. When the final whistle goes, it's unbelievable. The atmosphere is what I want to talk about today because I believe, and I, I believe the Bible talks about this, that we can create an overcoming atmosphere when we gather together. And I want to talk about creating an atmosphere for overcoming. Because we're in a series, amen, where we're talking about overcoming. Greg brilliantly introduced us last week to the series, talking about how in many of us in life, we just undergo. We just soldier on through. But God has more for us, and He's created us to be overcomers. So I want to talk about how we can create an atmosphere for overcoming in these times when we're together. And I want to talk about, more importantly, the power of joy. The power of joy. Everyone say that with me. The power of joy. I want to read as I talk about that, I'm going to talk more about joy in a few minutes, but let's read our scripture today. We're talking about joy, we're talking about praise, we're talking about creating an atmosphere of overcoming of faith. So let's have a look at our scripture this morning. It's from Acts chapter 16, and it's from verse 16. It's the story of Paul and Silas. So we're going to jump right in at verse 16. It says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. It wasn't a God spirit. It wasn't God's spirit. It was another spirit. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. And she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and he said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out. And at that moment, the spirit left her. And when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept and practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So now they are in the innermost dungeon. Their feet are trapped in stocks. They're naked. They've been severely flogged. How would you be feeling right now? About midnight, Paul and Silas 
were praying and singing hymns. I don't like the word hymns because that makes me think of a current hymn. Obviously it wasn't a current hymn. So let's just say they were singing praise to God and praying. And the other prisoners were listening to them. I wonder what they were thinking. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open. All the prison doors flew open. Not just Paul and Silas's. Um, and everyone's chains came loose. How awesome must that have been? The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, listen to this, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to them and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house. He set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. What an amazing story. Amen? So let's break it down a little bit. I'm going to make three points today. I'm talking about the power of joy. J-O-Y. The first point begins with J. The first point is it all begins with Jesus. When it comes to joy, when it comes to atmosphere, it's not us hyping ourselves up. It's not about a football team. You know, every year the winners, it just all gets reset and they start again. But Jesus is the winner. He has conquered death. He is alive forever he is God when we praise and when we create an atmosphere filled with faith it's because we're looking at Jesus amen it's not about how I feel and what I feel like doing it's for God it's for Jesus he's majestic he's awesome he's faithful he's kind he is with us always never leaves us nor forsakes us he's built a bridge to God he's the way the life the truth he's awesome and he doesn't wake up one day and feel any less awesome he's still worth our praise it's all about Jesus it's all because of Jesus, it's all from Jesus, and it's all for Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, the singing bit that we do would be a waste of time. We may as well just go and watch football. <laughs> what is different about here? There are many, many similarities, but the difference is Jesus is here. We're in the presence of the King. Forget about Elizabeth. 
He is her king. He's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of lords. The Bible says at the name of Jesus, how many knees? Every knee bows. Why am I making such a big issue of it? Because if you like me, sometimes I wander into church 15 minutes late. Well, not that I work for the church. It doesn't happen. But I come in, I'm like, yeah, I'll grab a cup of coffee, have a chat with my buds. You know, the worship's already started and I'm carrying on conversations. I'm missing something. <laughs> Jesus is here. And I don't get this opportunity at home. I was talking about this with Tina a little bit earlier on. You know, at home, there's all the time in the world to have quiet times with the Lord. But we don't get this opportunity all day long, every day. We gather together as the family around Jesus on Sunday. And so I want to give every minute that I have to it. I want to give all my focus to it because it's all for Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. Every good thing that I have is from Jesus. I want, to, I want him to know I'm grateful. I want to be moved by his presence. I'm not here to be impressed. I want to lift him up and see the change that he brings in my life as I submit myself to him. So my point really is this. Paul and Silas had every right to sit in that cold dungeon, on that cold floor, in their undies, complaining, being miserable. I mean, they were doing Jesus stuff. They had just cast a demon out of this woman, and now because of it, they're stuck in jail. Where's the justice in that? But they weren't whinging and complaining and having little pity parties. They got beyond that. They stirred themselves to stare into the face of their hope, which is Jesus. So it all begins with Jesus. If you base your joy, if you base your hope, if you base your trust on anything apart from Jesus, it's empty. There are people that worship every weekend at a football match. Those people running around the field have no power to change you. But Jesus is all-powerful. We need to worship God. Amen. So my second point, moving along now. We started at the right place. It all begins with Jesus. And it all ends with him. O, I've got four words. Stands for outward. It stands for overt. It stands for obvious. It stands for obnoxious okay now in our culture we look a little bit down on obnoxious people but when it comes to boasting in the Lord in the right environment I believe it's good the world needs to hear us boasting about Jesus if you I, I, I kind of drew the point as I was reading through our scripture today um, Paul and Silas are sat there. It's dark. It's not a happy place. But people in cells around them could hear them praying to God and hear them singing their Jesus songs. Now, how many of you think that there were people in that jail who were like, oh, shut up. 
You're offending me. How many of you in today's culture would think that Paul and Silas might have been a bit obnoxious? It's not the right place or time. Go and do that in your house. But I want you to see power. Power broke in because they were praising God and looking at Jesus. They were expressing their joy in praise in the midst of their horrible circumstances and something changed. Psalm 47 verse 5 says, God has ascended amidst shouts of joy. The Lord amidst the sounding of trumpets. What's that saying? When we are shouting out praise to God, when we are playing instruments and making news, noise sorry, for Jesus, we are elevating his presence in our midst. We are elevating him over every circumstance. We are bringing his kingdom down. And his power is being released into our everyday circumstances. Please never become guilty of thinking that this bit that we do in our church that involves a bit of singing and music is just a sing song. If anything today, I want you to believe more about our praise and worship. You know, often people say, can't wait for the word. The word is where the meat is at. That's the bit that really counts. If that's how you think, you're going to miss out big time. Because there's an opportunity in worship, in praise, to bring power and release power. So what happens when we praise? Psalm 47 verse 5 says, God has ascended. We establish God's presence in this place. You know, what makes this a church is not the fabric. It's not the stones. It's not the sand and cement. It's not the wood. It's not anything. It's you. Where we gather, where we praise, we establish the presence of God. You need to know that. You're like a lightning rod for the presence of God in any specific moment of time. You release something in an atmosphere of faith, in praise, that would not happen. If we had never met here, this would just carry on being a concert venue. Or whatever they do for young people during the week. There would be no God element. We bring the kingdom of heaven down here when we gather we create an atmosphere of faith. Now, if I'm honest, sometimes I don't feel like there's a lot of faith going on when we're worshipping. And that's not said to condemn anybody. I think it's a reflection of our lack of understanding and our, our lack of expectation. Uh, we're thinking, oh, let's just get past the singing so we can hear the preaching. I don't know what it is. But when there is, an, like at a football match, when there is joy, and expectation and there's that unity that comes together faith is released we create an atmosphere where anything is possible where God can change your life before the preacher even gets up and it happens and Greg's going to encourage us later about that things happen in praise and worship that can't happen at any other time 
We need to get a vision for it. Amen. We need to be inspired for it. We need to be expectant. We need to give ourselves. We need to throw ourselves all in, like we do at a football match when we're supporting our team. The fun, the joy, the expectation is there. And it creates a cauldron for amazing things to take place. Anything is possible. I want you to know that praise is a weapon. It's not just a song with a quick beat. When faith is attached, it's a mighty weapon. Look at the story of Paul and Silas. Two of them sat in the inner dungeon singing and praying. The foundations of the prison were shaken by an earthquake because they had released the kingdom of God into that moment. Their chains fell off. Did you notice it wasn't just Paul and Silas, the Christians, who got set free? All the doors blew open. All the chains fell off. What does that tell you? My praise and my prayer has the power to change the life of the people around me. Not just me. An atmosphere of faith draws everyone in. And God can let loose in an atmosphere of faith. When there's no faith, it's just limp. If we have worship without faith, honestly, I'd rather not be there. Sorry, as horrible as that sounds. It's our responsibility to bring it. To come expectant. To push past our pride. Man. We are a proud people. We're very dignified. Let me tell you, most of us. We come from a stiff upper lip culture. And I believe that that culture must submit to the culture of heaven. Whatever culture we come from, that culture must submit to the culture of heaven. And if that means I have to unlearn how to be something that I was because of my culture in church, then so be it. If it means I have to take on a culture that I'm uncomfortable with because it's not just a sing-song, there's power in it, I'm going to make the effort. Because I want to be impacted by everything that God has for me. I don't want to let my culture keep me away from God's best. I hope the same applies to you. So the walls come down when we praise and the prison doors fly open. Psalm 126 verse 2. Listen to this. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Did you see that? When God changes your life, in a moment of praise, when you are unashamedly overt, overt and obnoxious in the presence of God, and He impacts on your life and changes you, it releases so much joy that it gets all over the people around you. And they say things like, man, that guy's different. I knew what he was like before. This God that he talks about must be real. Look how it's changed him. And like the jailer, 
they say, maybe I need this Jesus guy. Maybe I need some of this. This is hope. This is joy that I couldn't find anywhere else. This is life. And they get it. And what happens? It goes home and their whole household gets it. Can you see how this happened? From being stuck in prison, praying and praising God, doors, I mean, a miracle happened. Let's just say it was a complete miracle, not a coincidence, a miracle. Because chains fell off people. The jailer gets saved. He takes them home for dinner. The whole household gets saved. That is the power of joy. That is the power of praise. No one is impressed by... I'm being a bit facetious. Can you, can you understand my point though? I want people to talk about us. I want people to talk about what's going on here. They already do, by the way. But I want it to be for the right reasons. I want them to say, man, things are happening at that place I could not imagine ever seeing anywhere else. I think I might go along and check out these crazy people. And they meet God. This island is full of quiet churches. We don't have to be one. Amen? We don't have to be one. So why are we being limp is my question. Let's be inspired. Amen? I know I've been guilty in the past of coming along and thinking, man, this band sucks. I'm honest. That dude can't sing. That one has no timing whatsoever. Why am I here? These guys are very unimpressive. I won't ask you to put your hand up today if you've ever felt like that. But I want to say one thing. It's not about them. It's about Jesus. You know, I was thinking earlier on that the band is just like a match. You strike a match and the wood catches fire. You're the wood. They're just the match. It just takes a spark to set a fire. You know, you get that instant light charcoal. It's primed and ready to burn. All it needs is a match. And I want you and me to be instant light charcoal. Where we come and we're not looking at the people. We're, they're just a vehicle to meet with God. And if it doesn't sound great, it doesn't matter. Because Jesus is still the King. And He's worthy of every bit of praise I can muster. Amen. Uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, You're a chosen generation. Listen now. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. I love that. You know what it used to say? A peculiar people. A peculiar people. I want to tell you, you are peculiar. I have to look at you. We are peculiar. And you know why I think this is not a bad thing? Because we have something to offer the world that the world cannot find without us. We're peculiar because we are sons and daughters of God. Not because of how we dress. Some of us act a bit weird, but it's okay. 
We're all family. We always have crazy people in the family. Amen? Be peculiar. Be peculiar. We don't want a sterile environment here. We want life. Amen? I always remember there's a guy called Mike Pilavachi who leads a church called Soul Survivor. I don't know what kind of tradition you come from in church. When I say that, I mean what kind of church you grew up in. Some of you came from very lively churches. Some of you came from very quiet churches, probably. But I love what Mike Pulavachi said one time when we were at Soul Survivor. They were having ministry time, prayer time, after the preaching. And he was asking people to come forward and just meet God at their point of need. And it was weird, I've got to say. For some people, it was weird. There were people crying over that side of the auditorium. There were people laughing over that side of the auditorium. There were some people shrieking. It was like not normal if you come from a quiet church. And he said, guys, just relax. It's okay. God is at work. And he said something very profound. He said, I'd rather have the mess of a nursery than the order and organization of a cemetery. There's life in a nursery. And sometimes people are tempted to help God a little bit. Amen? He doesn't need it, but it happens. It doesn't matter. We're all fixing our eyes on Jesus. Okay. David said at one particular point, and I want to speak to this issue of pride just for a second right now, because I believe that pride is our biggest obstacle. Pride. What will people think about me? Have you ever asked that question before? Please do not ask that question. We are creating here, let me say it. We've said it before. This place is a place where you can express your love for God. And no one is going to look at you because they're busy looking at Jesus. You know, David in the Old Testament was a king and they had won victory and they were proceeding with the Ark of the Covenant. And you know what he did? Imagine Queen Elizabeth doing this right now and it'll help you get the context. He took all of his kit off and he was literally like just in his underpants and he was dancing and twirling and shouting before God. And there were onlookers who were judging him, uh, one of them particularly became barren because she judged what God was doing and what this guy, David, was doing in front of God. What he was saying was, I'm not a king. I'm just an ordinary man. Look, he's the king. His pride, when he took off those layers of clothing, he was taking off his pride. He was taking off his royalty, he was taking off his esteem, and he was stripping himself back to be a simple man in the presence of the living God. Let's put our pride aside. And my last point this morning, we've talked about joy, we've talked about outward, overt, obvious, obnoxious, your ears need to hear your voice, loud and proud kind of a thing. Y stands for yoking ourselves to Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 29 to 30, he said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. When we praise God, when we come humbly, we are yoking ourselves together with Him. Do you understand the, the, the idea of the yoke? A wooden contraption that enabled two or more oxen to pull together to share the resource of energy. So it's not one guy struggling by himself. Jesus is saying, I've got space in my yoke for you. Take it upon yourself because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know why? Because he pulls like nobody's business. He has strength and power that we could never muster up. And when we pull by ourselves, life is very serious. Life is very hard. But when we praise, we step out of that and we yoke ourselves to Jesus and there's an ease, there's a lightness that comes in the presence of God. When we fix our eyes on Jesus and we praise him by faith, all those other things, the cares of the earth, as the hymn says, become strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's all about Jesus. We need to be loud and proud. But the third thing is that when we praise God, we're submitting our fears and our anxieties to him, all of our problems. We're not focusing on the problems. We're, pro we're, we're focusing on the, the, the source of the fixing of the problem. Amen. We need to. We need the life. We need the jumping. We need the joy. Why can't church be fun? Why do we beat ourselves on the back and say, no, church has got to be serious. We need to come now and we need to be serious because God is big and we are small. No, that's not what Jesus came for. He came to set you free, to give you life. But you have to participate. You have to participate in the process. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. His joy in you is strength. That idea of strength is a place of refuge, a stronghold, protection. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. Church should be the happiest place on earth. Why shouldn't it be anything less than the most joyful and vibrant and life-filled place? Jesus is here. Amen. Am I starting to shake some of your ideas? I hope so. I hope that as I shake your tree today, some rubbish is falling out. Some dead branches are falling out of your tree. Amen. I'm shaken by this. I want more life. Simply put today, God's joy is medicine for your soul. You know, more and more people are being prescribed antidepressants and all sorts of stuff because life is heavy and there's a place for that. But I want to tell you, God's joy is the greatest antidepressant. If we 
can hook in to the river of life, I believe that joy will change us. And so on a Sunday when we come, Sunday by Sunday, we should just give ourselves to praise, to joy, to taking it on, that lightness, that ease, because it's good for our souls. David said, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him. It's not a feeling. It's an act of your will. And so I want to encourage you. I want to give you an invitation. I'm done. I've probably preached too long already. I'm not going to tell you how to behave in praise and worship. But I'm asking God for more joy than you've ever experienced. And how that shows itself, I don't know. I want you to have more joy. I want more joy in my life. I want to be freer to praise God than I ever have been. And I want you too. I want us together to create an electric atmosphere of faith where anything is possible. Because if we do, everything will happen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.